Welcome, everyone, to the 2020 preseason edition of the Mongols Preview Show. I'm Justin, and as always, I have Steve alongside of me tonight. Now, we are not Mike, Josh, and Kevin, which is what you might have expected on Monday's show, but we are still sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, and we're hosted by the Beautiful Game Network, and we've decided to give the boys a night off tonight and talk about all the new signings that the Hounds have made since the season ended. Let's go. <laughs> Everything was just falling into place. Funky Azio cuts inside with this run below. Oh, still terrific. Steven Dos Santos from James and Mertz. Yes! yes! All right, Steve, welcome <laughs> back to the 2020 season. Oh, it's so good you? to be here. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, uh, trying to get back into the flow of thinking about the hound season kicking off so soon. Uh, can't believe that preseason is about to start, uh, but looking forward to being able to make it down to a couple games. Uh, I mean, in just less than... Three weeks, we'll have our next Steel Army gathering at the uh, general meeting, uh, and followed uh, by the Akron uh, preseason game right afterwards. So, uh, gonna be fun to get out there uh, on an afternoon, uh, see a bunch of people again, and then see uh, some of the boys out on the pitch. Yeah, man. I mean, games games start on Thursday, which is like crazy to think that like we're already at that time where we're playing preseason games and I guess they have eight or nine of them this year so uh, it should be fun to kind of make it out and kind of check out see how the boys are playing and, and some of the new signings plus plus the guys that have been there and and even try list and see who's coming through and who Bob's checking out and all that kind of stuff it's going to be a good good time yeah I, some big changes though uh with what we're going to see on the pitch. So, um, I mean, going to be a pretty different lineup, a uh, number of starters that uh, we know definitively won't be back, uh, but we're starting to fill in some of those pieces. So uh, I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So what's your take on uh, some of these players that uh, are much beloved by, uh, by the fans, but we already know are not going to be back? Actually, let me say this. Yeah, I mean... We know the only player that was out of contract that will be back at this point is Jordan Dover. Nobody else can yes. come back. Yes, um, I mean, I, I mean, I think you got to, you can't start that discussion anywhere but Kevin Curry, right? I mean, I think Kevin's given so much to this club for mm -hmm. years and years and years, and will obviously continue to give to this club as a coach in the academy. And, and I know that he's already got relationships there and already got so many families and and kids who. Um, you know, he's well-beloved, obviously. Um, and so I think from a, maybe from a soccer perspective, not a super surprising move that he's not going to be back next year. Um, but I think you're obviously going to miss his leadership um, in practice and in games and, you know, his willingness to, to fight for this team and for this club after having been around for seven years. I think that's something that you are going to miss because, um, he does know this city and this fan base. Um, and so I think that's the, that's the area that I'm like most interested to see kind of how Bob covers is just kind of his leadership ability um, and kind of the influence he probably has in the locker room and with the fans, you know? Um, so I think that's the most interesting. What's your take on, on Kevin? I mean, I've not been around as long as everybody else uh, on the team has uh, to, to, to feel like I've got the same connection. Um, 
But, you know, every interaction I've ever had with Kevin was absolutely fantastic. Just such a nice guy. And knowing his history with the club, uh, it feels like, I mean, are we ever going to see someone that has that type of long-term uh, longevity and impact uh, on uh, on the club, at least I think under under the current circumstances. I, I just don't know. I mean, it, you're starting to see that happen less and less in football throughout the world anyway. Uh, players staying for seven years. I mean, that's that's a huge ton and ton. Yeah, it's a huge amount of time. Um, so a yeah, huge, a huge, a huge a ton. A ton. Uh, I, I couldn't decide which one I liked more. You know, let, yeah. a lot, a lot, yes, of a lot of amount of ton of time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, like, it's just like, it, you know, it's going to be strange going out and not seeing him, uh, on the bench or on the field. Um, but I think I've got the solution. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I know that, um, there was conversation about, oh, will we ever see Kevin as maybe, uh, maybe the future manager of the team? I, you know, I think we don't even need to ask that question. Tuffy, Bob, if you're listening, let's go. Uh, Riverhounds U23 in USL2, let's get Kevin Kerr as the coach. That's my solution. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I think, I, I think there's something interesting that you said. That, I mean, I think it is, it is interesting and hard to see kind of the longevity of players in this league, on the same team. I think you see players kind of moving around, maybe getting a few extra dollars here and there. Um, you know, so they're trying to find the best sort of option for them um, as far as the money goes and, and all of that kind of stuff. Then I think you also look at players. Players that usually play kind of at Kevin's level or above Kevin's level generally get put picked up by an MLS squad and they're back and forth between MLS and USL. Um, so I, I do think it's interesting, and I think you see that how, you know, even the USL you know, posted about Kevin's retirement um, and just, you know, congratulating him, um, you know, on a career. And I think that just shows like kind of how, uh, you know, how much of an impact he did have on the field, that he wasn't just kind of a bench player that was kind of around Pittsburgh for seven years, but he was like our team leader, um, you know, a captain for several years. And so I think it just, it shows kind of the impact that he had um, and kind of the soccer level that he was at and, and just that he was at a high level for this league. Um, and so, yeah, sad, sad that he's not going to be on the field this year. Um, but we do see, you know, that does happen that players careers do come to an end at some point in time. Um, but definitely sad to see Kevin go. Um, I think the other, I mean, I think the other, um, kind of the other losses or, or the other things that are happening this off season, none None super surprising, right? I think, I mean, I think obviously some of these players, you, Joe Greenspan, you go Brett, um, Dabo, um, you kind of look at it and you go, they were impact players for us, or they were at least on the field a lot. And, and so I think you, you obviously want your team to re-sign them. But I think if you start looking at kind of the specifics of each situation, um, I think you look at Greenspan, obviously – uh, you know, some of his posts after kind of announcing his signing at San Diego were very positive towards Pittsburgh, uh, but also just saying, hey, this is the best option for me as a person and me as a human being. Um, and obviously, like, yes, you love your soccer players and love what they do for your team on the soccer field. But I would hope that we all could look at it and say, like, yes, we want you to be a holy, uh, you know, a holistically healthy human being. And if being in another city is going to be the best for you, um, 
then great. You know, I, I think yeah. we have to applaud that and say, like, he's making a good decision for him and his girlfriend. Um, and so I think that that's a great thing. Um, I think Nico Brett, sort of same situation um, in a different context, but same situation. I think, yeah, I would have loved to see him back, but I think we would have had to pay him a lot mm-hmm. of money to come back. And I think Birmingham was in a position where they don't have that many impact players. They don't have that many players who are going to command a super high salary. So they have some money to burn um, in the sense that they can pay Nico probably a lot more than Pittsburgh would have played, would have paid him. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of start looking through the situations and you start seeing a lot of guys just making decisions for themselves and, um, not necessarily selfish decisions, just decisions. And it's sad to see them go. I think Greenspan and potentially Adewale, we're going to miss, uh, their presence on our back line. (laughs) Uh, quite a bit. I think Brett, we're going to have to figure out how to replace some goals. Um, but that's just the nature of this league, you know? Um, so I hate to be super realistic and not emotional or not really that like, uh, sad, but it's just kind of the nature of the league. So yeah. Okay. Let's move on. So, so here's my take, uh, from a, from a pragmatic perspective, the ones that really sting for me is Greenspan and Toby uh, on the back line. I mean, just, I mean, you look at what they were able to do uh, along with Tommy V, uh, one of the best defenses in the league. And that's just hard to replace no matter what you do. So I think that, that one from those ones for me, those are, uh, those are the ones that like that really hurt. The reality is, as good as Brett was, and as much as I loved his personality, I don't think he's a unique USL striker. He's a very good and above-average USL striker, but I don't think he's one of those players that in the right system or the wrong system, uh, you're going to see the same thing out of. Uh, from you're, You'll find other people that are like him, I think. So yeah. replacing the center backs, that's a lot harder than I think replacing somebody like Brett. Um Dabo, uh, he's another one that that I think like I really liked him just because of his versatility, his ability to play forward and press, or his ability to really close things down right in front of the defense was uh, was something that I think uh, you're just losing a lot of versatility in that player. But again, uh, not irreplaceable. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's not for me. It's not that these guys were. Uh, the best that we can do other than I think, I think Joe, I mean, it's hard to replace the defender of the year, right? Like, like, but he wasn't coming back. I think no matter what Pittsburgh did. Um, So, you know, you gotta, you gotta be realistic about that. So, but everybody else, you know, like, Hey, like let's, let's go out see what we can do. And, and let's be realistic that uh, Bob Lilly is a coach that focuses a lot on developing new players more, uh, more so than trying to hang on to people by overpaying what Mm -hmm. he thinks they're worth. Um, and, and mm-hmm. I, I, cognitively, I'm okay with that. Emotionally, it hurts to see, oh, Nico Brett coming back at some point this season playing for a different team, right? Like, like that's, that's going to hurt seeing Kyle Morton in net potentially for St. Louis at high mark, right? Like, like those are going to hurt, um, sure. because, sure. you know, it's like, get to know those guys over the past few years, um. And, and now they're somewhere else. And so it is. It's, it's all about the people rather than the skill set that they bring for me that makes it really, really hard. Because when I step back, I can 
be objective and look at what they did production-wise and say, okay, there are other players that can do that. Yeah, and I think the goalkeeper, like Morton, is an interesting one and just thinking about kind of what he brings to the team and, and just kind of Bob's style of play and, and all that kind of stuff. I think Morton is an interesting one from the perspective of, um, I think you, uh, Bob seems to like younger keepers and just developing keepers and, and he doesn't want to okay, like kind of overpay or, or pay high money for like a top of the line keeper in this league. Um, he definitely likes, you know, I think he, you know, first year in Pittsburgh kind of went through a, a goalkeeper hell of, <laughs> of, of, of Pittsburgh sorts. Um, hey, but, you, know, you know, as third had, string, Mike Kirk had, really stepped in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you can Dan Lind, who wasn't projected to start and then Mike Kirk, um, who even stepped in then, um, I think you, you know, he made the most of a, of a bad situation and had the team playing pretty well, despite, what um despite what happened on the field with injuries and things like that um you know this past year i think kyle obviously is still a young keeper still developing as a keeper um you know this was kind of his first year really starting in the league um and so i think it's just another um sign that this is just kind of another sign that i think he probably what we'll see happen i would guess would be um kind of another I, I definitely think we'll get another keeper mm-hmm. signed and then I wouldn't be I might not be surprised at all to see Lungard back from Columbus or no, something Lungard along signed those with lines. Atlanta. Um, oh he did that's Damn. right um, so I wouldn't be surprised but I wouldn't be surprised to see an MLS loan or something like that happening yeah. maybe not um, but we'll see um, I don't think we're done we're not done at that no, position definitely not we have one we still need a second one but um you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what way he goes if he pulls in another keeper or goes and gets a, a kind of, uh, you know. But the other way we we know that Bob Lilly loves doing business in this league is waiting until MLS camps start mm-hmm. and kind of get get halfway through, and then these teams start making their first round of cuts, and then he starts picking up players. So um, we know that's going to be the case. I'm sure that there's probably, uh, knowing that there's only 15 guys on the roster, there's probably four to six guys that he's in conversation with who are currently in MLS camp saying like, well, if you don't make it, you want to come here, you know, he's probably got his eye on some people. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that at all. Um, I think they're, the hounds are obviously not done with only 15 players on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we'll see trialist in and out of camp. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how this roster continues to evolve, but. Well, and let's be yeah, honest. I mean, uh, we heard from, from Mertz a few weeks ago uh, about how he came from an MLS camp and then another USL camp and then eventually signed here. And that was yep. late. Um, and yep. how important has Robbie Mertz been for this team? Right? Like, Absolutely. so, you know, like, again, one of those things where it's like when I step back and think about things logically, I feel a lot better than when I just respond emotionally to what I've been seeing this offseason. Mm-hmm. And soccer is such a, soccer is such a system sport much like just as much as player talent so like there's a lot of players who like won't fit a system who are really good players Mm -hmm. and so they come into a camp they don't do well in camp because they just don't fit what the coach wants to do and then they go to another team where they fit what the coach wants to do and all of a sudden they're they're superstars so I think it's just a a, that's just a reality of soccer I I think we see that all over the world it's not like that's unique to Mm -hmm. USL um, you know, that's what every year when transfers happen in the Premier League and La Liga and League One, like you hear like, well, does he fit the new coach's system? Does whatever, you know, it's like, so I think it's like interesting 
kind of going along those lines that like we we can find some good players late who just didn't fit a coach's system um but are really good soccer players like Robbie is um so uh, just quickly kind of talking about players that have returned um you know love to see Tommy V back Mm -hmm. love to see Ryan James and Jordan back I think those are those are obviously good signings um, and then I think you're going to continue to get development from like Danny Rivera and, and Anthony mm-hmm. Velarde, Robbie Mertz, obviously more experience in this league. They're going to continue to develop. Um, you know, obviously Jordan and Ryan both played a ton, ton, ton of minutes last year. So having a guy like Danny who kind of proved himself last year, who proved himself enough that Bob's like, Hey, let me sign you yeah. again. Um, obviously he's going to continue to get mm-hmm. minutes. Um, we saw a signing kind of at that left back position too, that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I think like we have kind of backups in those positions now, um, who I think Bob likes and trusts and, um, we have starters. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love that. Love that Kenny's still around. I think Steven Dos Santos given another year kind of again with Bob. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him take a step forward with some more goals. Um, so love, love the players that he brought back. I mean, I think it was good moves across the board to keep the players that he did. And you didn't mention the legend, Mark Forrest. Oh yeah, Mark Forrest, yeah. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. the other one. <laughs> one, is, one is the USL Eastern Conference out there. But he's around. Yeah, I mean... But, and uh, hopefully we'll continue to see the belt out of him Right, too. Well, that's think, the like, thing, right? Even, like, you know, it takes time in this like, league, right? I mean, Bob put him in in a crucial moment in the last game of the season and he ended up getting his goal. I mean, sure, there's a lot of luck in that, but I mean you got to believe Bob saw enough on the training ground to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, he might be able sure. to do something in this game. He's not just going to throw somebody in for just sure. because they're a forward. He's got he's got right. other options if it's we, just position, we, right? We saw that in the last the la- the actual last game of the season. The, <laughs> right. Yeah. He didn't want to make a sub. Right. Um so anyway. Yeah. Uh I'm not bitter about yeah. that though. <laughs> so all right, so let's talk about the new signings a little bit. I mean, yeah. I think it's like interesting just to kind of talk about them. Some of these are hard to talk about. They're college, mm-hmm. you know, they're kids coming out of college. We'll see what they can do kind of at this level. But I figured the best way to kind of start this is just go from front or back to front of the field. So, um, first of all, goalkeeper uh, Anthony Moembia coming out of Bowling Green University. You looked up some of his stats. What, what do you think, kind of just based off of what you saw? So... I'm really hoping that this is a guy that just did not have a very good defense in front of him. Um, uh, his goals against average was uh, 1.04 throughout his college career. Uh, he started all four years. Uh, uh, it was only this past year uh, that he only was in 14 games. Um, so it sounds like maybe there was something that kept him from playing as much, or maybe they were kind of testing out a younger keeper a little bit more. Um, uh, but he did have a save percentage of 76%. Um, here's where I wonder like how good the team in front of him was. Uh, his record in games that he played was 28 wins, 10 draws, and 27 losses. Um, so, I mean, the other thing to think about with that, though, is, I mean, we are talking about Bowling Green State University. It is not a premier soccer school. So... What? <laughs> So, you know, I mean, they're also playing teams that are recruiting top-tier players. Um, so maybe it's just just that, right? Like, the competition is just that much better, and he might have been the best player that Bowling Green has seen in 20 years, but 
everybody else around him let him down. I don't know. But that's kind of what I picked up on with him. Um, uh, I think one of those guys is what I'm hoping to see. Um, uh, hopefully he can bring that shot-stopping ability that we've seen the past few years with our goalkeepers. Uh, but I really am hoping he's a guy that can do a little bit more on the distribution side. Yeah, I mean, I think this is – it was interesting because I think this was a quick – this was kind of a quick signing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a, and a guy that you're sort of surprised to see. Right, it's not like um, – this is not, we'll talk about Lucas Fernandez later, but this isn't a guy that you necessarily went, oh yeah, Bob knows this guy. Um, but I, I, did he, Anthony came out of the like open tryouts or the invitational tryouts, one of the two, I think. Um, and so obviously this is a guy that came in with probably other goalkeepers mm-hmm. who, you know, wanted to make the team. And obviously he made enough of a standout sort of impression that, um, you know, Bob, thought, oh yeah, he's worth a quick sign, you know, knowing that there might be other goalkeepers who come on the market later. Um, So, I I mean, I think that in and of itself, knowing that he kind of made that quick of a a move to get this guy, feels very much like the Anthony Velarde Mm -hmm. signing last year, that very quick out of college just just snapped the guy up. And so I think, like, I, I trust Bob enough at this point with young players that he kind of knows what right. he's seen. Uh, he's missed on very few mm-hmm. young players since he's been in Pittsburgh. Um, and so I trust that he knows what he's seen. Um, but I think, like you said, like some of these stats by themselves, you know, goals against only one um, with having, you know, basically gone 500 over his college career. Um, I think that's pretty good, right? That you're not giving up that many goals, Um major teams probably not scoring that much um and so i think that that's probably a good thing and given the defenses that bob puts in front of his goalkeepers i'm not sure you always have to be the best goalkeeper you know in the league to have a good you know save percentage or good goals against average um to you know be successful in this league um so i think (laughs) you you know it's interesting how bob works um, with his defenses, but mm-hmm. we did lose two of our top defenders yeah. this yeah. past year, so I'm not sure. You know, it'll be interesting to see how it sort of plays out. Yeah, this yeah. Year. So the, the the one other thing I want to say uh, about Anthony is, uh, and this I think holds true for a number of these college players that we signed. Um, uh, did play three seasons in uh, what was the uh, uh, PDL League and now USL League Two. Uh, so uh, he sought time uh, with the Michigan Bucks. They're now the Flint City Bucks, uh, Lansing United, and Chicago FC uh, in his uh, summers uh, in college. Yeah, obviously you love to see that. I mean, path to pro is mm-hmm. what they say. So it's good to see players coming out of um, some of these lower leagues um, in the USL kind of system um, and being able to kind of make that step up. So we'll we'll see what... Uh, you know, Moenvia does this year. I think he's a player that obviously is going to take some, some mm-hmm. time to develop. Um, but hopefully, you know, over preseason and some things, we'll get to see kind of what he has to offer. And um, We're not done there. We're not yep. done at the goalkeeper position, obviously. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of if Bob brings a mm-hmm. veteran, you know, a league veteran or um, just somebody with a little more experience or if he just brings another young yeah. keeper and just let them kind of battle mm-hmm. it out for for the number one keeper role. 
So, uh, uh, kind of, yeah, I was gonna say, so talking about people ahead. with some, uh, some veteran experience, uh, uh, I don't think we'll get too much into it, but we also, uh, signed another rhino hound in Tony Walls. Um, but I think we've got something yep. a little more special, uh, to talk about, uh, Walls with rather than just going through what we can find online. Welcome, Alex. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today uh, to talk about a recent Riverhound signing, Tony Walls. Uh, so first, to kind of get us started here, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you know Tony? So I do a uh, podcast for the Chattanooga Red Wolves of USL League One. Uh, it's called Soccer Chat with two T's because we're in Chattanooga and we <laughs> chat about soccer. Um, so Tony played with the Chattanooga Red Wolves last season in the uh, in their inaugural 2019 season. So that's how I got to know Tony and, and watched him play. Um, he made a lot of appearances for the Red Wolves and uh, was involved in the community. He actually did some one-on-one um, tutoring sessions with my son as far as working on some of his ball skills and stuff. So we got to know Tony really well as my son would go to those sessions with him and, and work on ball skills and things. Wow, that's really awesome. Um, I mean, we know the Riverhounds, you know, we have our academy and a lot of the players, you know, participate in that. And so we are all about community engagement and interactions between the fans and the players. Um, so that's like a really cool thing to see uh, or to hear about, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully he'll fit right in um, here in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, so, he, he really enjoys working with kids, and so don't don't let his tough exterior fool you. He really is a teddy <laughs> bear. It'll take him a little time to warm up to all the folks that are in and around the program, but uh, but he really does have a big heart, especially for kids. Oh, that's awesome. Well, good to know that uh, he has a heart for, you know, hanging out and interacting with kids, but hopefully he can still be tough uh, on the field, which is definitely what we, what we want. Um, (laughs) So what is one thing that uh, from your perspective, Riverhounds fans should know about Tony as he joins our team this season? One of my favorite things always watching him, um, he was a very tough player on the field, uh, very physically strong. He was excellent at winning a ball without necessarily fouling a player. Um, but, you know, there was a couple of times where you could see him put a hip in and send a guy flying on a perfectly legal tackle um, or shielding a guy off and just kind of using his strength. Um, he had some very good quickness to make a turn and be able to make a good pass to someone Um, when he was shielding off that ball. So that is definitely something to look for. Something kind of underrated that I I don't know a lot of people notice, he has a very good leaping ability. I don't feel like the Red Wolves really capitalized on it off of like corner kicks and set pieces. There were a couple of times that he really got up above everyone else on a ball going across the face of goal. Um, Unfortunately, didn't get to score any headed goals last year, but it was it was interesting to see just how high he would get off the ground on those kicks. Yeah, that's awesome. And that sounds already, um, you know, I'm already thinking about how that could fit in um, with the Riverhounds um, as, you know, one of our center backs has decided to go to San Diego for next season. Um, and so uh, that was his main role. Um, you know, Joe Greenspan was to, to head those balls in for quarters. So I'm glad to hear yeah. that. 
Tony can slip right in there um, and hopefully he can get some goals this coming season. Um, so that we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, so you've already kind of talked about uh, a little bit about who Tony is as a person kind of um, off the field. Uh, but we also know that he captained the 2015 Rochester Rhinos when they won the championship. Um, and so did he exemplify some of those leadership uh, qualities when he was playing for Chattanooga last season? Yeah, he really did um, work as a leader with the back line. Um, he played most of the season in right back, and he was kind of filling in for a guy who was injured uh, in that position. But he really did kind of move between those and was a leader of, of a lot of guys that were younger. Um, we had a player who was his first time playing in America, had come from Albania, and Tony really got along with him well and kind of brought him under his wing and helped him get used to being in America, worked with him on speaking English and learning a little bit of that. So um, that was really cool to see. And uh, the last, I think the last game of the season, our captain, Stephen Beattie, was out injured and Tony wore the captain armband for us that last game of the season as well. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so what would you say are some of his kind of biggest strengths that you saw? I mean, you've already mentioned a couple, um, but are there other things that we should uh, know as we're kind of preparing to be the, the armchair expert coaches that we are? <laughs> yeah, I would say definitely his, um, his strength of holding people off the ball, being able to shield the ball or win the ball um, in a tackle. Uh, with his strength, and he actually was a very good passer, moving the ball from the back line, transitioning up forward, um, moving down the sideline to send crosses in. As, as I said, he played mostly right back for the season. Um, so those were really the things that he was very good at. Awesome. Um, and so uh, just, you know, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Um, and one of the other things, do you, did you as fans have any chance that Tony really liked? Because, you know, if there are things that he liked, I think I'm sure the SEAL Army, uh, who's our supporters group, would uh, love to borrow those um, to, to help welcome him to the SEAL City. Um, really, Red Wolves Till I Die was the chance that we normally had um, after the game. And he never failed to take an opportunity to come thank us as fans for coming out and supporting. Um, I don't know that there were much other chants that we did that, that I saw him react to on the field, um, but definitely coming over to us singing Red Wolves Till I Die at the very end of the game and, uh, and saluting us and letting us kind of serenade him. That was usually his favorite. Well, it sounds like he will be um, a great fit uh, for the Roverhounds. So, Alex, thank you uh, so much for helping us to get to know Tony as we welcome him to Pittsburgh. Yeah, thanks for letting me come on. So, Mark Lindstrom, he's the other defender that we signed. Uh, played his college career at UNC Wilmington, uh, so another defender. Um, a little bit older than most college grads. Uh, he is 24 at this point, uh, comes from Sweden. Uh, uh, but uh, 
I think because of his age, he was a little bit older. Uh, he was named to the all-conference team uh, all four years. Uh, he was also, I have no idea what the United States coaches all-Atlantic region second team is, but he was that <laughs> as a junior and senior. Uh, uh, and one of the cool things, uh, so in four seasons at UNC Wilmington, uh, he played in 68 games and started 65 of them. So he was really heavily involved uh, in his time uh, down in North Carolina. Yeah, it's good to see a defender come out of college with experience, right? That they didn't just like start their senior year or whatever, but that they kind of made a consistent, either they had a consistent effort to like be on the field, um, you know, the whole time they were in college. Obviously, he's going to come out um, probably with a little more experience, a little more gravitas on the field than what, um, you know, somebody who, who hasn't started as much. And like you said, um, you know, with Moambia, he did spend some time in, in USL League Two. Um, OKC Energy under twenty three, Cincinnati Dutch Lions, and Brazos Valley in Texas. So, you know, he's got some time mm-hmm. in the League Two um, structure as well. Um, so you love to see that that he kind of is is working his way kind of up the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not a ton on him. Uh, uh, UNC Wilmington does not have much published for stats for individual players. Um, what I was able to find, he's not going to be the guy that's going to produce from the back line offensively. He only scored twice. Um, but I don't think that's his role. I think he's there to be a big physical defender. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching him during preseason and uh, kind of see how he fits into this team a little more. Yeah, he does look like a big yeah. <laughs> a big yeah. defender on the back yep. line. Like he's, he's, he's the presence yep. back there for, for sure. sure. I think that'll make a, make a big... Uh, kind of trying to trying to replace the Joe Greenspan, mm-hmm. you know, mold a little bit of just a big, big center back. Uh, kind of staying in that defender area, but also somebody who seems to have a little bit of offensive um, kind of attack, or, or from what Bob says, uh, Zalil, Zalil, we need a Riverhounds pronunciation, please. Uh, we need a pronunciation guide for this guy, but uh, Zalil Asani, uh Came from the Russian Football National League second division. I'm not even going to try to say the league name. Oh come on, um, SKA Khabarovsk. So, so here's here's the thing about this. That's not yeah, here's the thing about this uh, this team. So I was like, man, where the heck is this? So I looked it up. This is like like way up in uh, in the northern part of uh, East Asia. Uh, like, I mean, north of the Korean Peninsula, um, up around, like wrapped around the top corner of China. Uh, it is way up there. So one of the things that I think with this is like, you know what, like oftentimes we've seen this at the top division in the U.S., uh, Players come from abroad and people are all concerned about the travel and whatnot. This guy's been traveling literally across the entire continent of Asia for the past year. So, um, you know, like, hey, I'm not worried about the travel because the travel he's going to do here for us is a lot less. But, man, he was just spent the last year in the middle of what looks like nowhere. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Welcome to We've Pittsburgh. We've got a little bit more, I think. Yeah, probably got a little bit more than we're where he was um obviously based off his wikipedia article and it's hard obviously hard to read but he has moved around a bunch has been in a bunch of different Mm -hmm. places um mostly looks like he has played in a defensive position Mm -hmm. so not too many goals 
to speak of, it's hard to find stats when you're trying to look in Russian <laughs> as to what stats he has. So obviously, uh, but 24 years old, um, looks to be um, a left back for the most part, can push up to left wing, so probably is a little bit of that attacking uh, kind of outside back position that Bob typically likes that we see with Ryan James, Jordan Dover, um, kind of likes that. So I think there's some versatility there that Bob likes. Um, yeah, a lot to be seen yeah. with him Yeah, as well. well. I mean, what this makes me think is now we've got two players that have some adaptability out of the uh, the left back position uh, between him and Ryan James. And so maybe this means we'll see a little bit more rotation. Maybe we'll see one of them playing a little bit farther in front of the other, um, or maybe we'll see James sliding more into a midfield role. I don't know yet. Um, but I think, you know, this signing does seem to give the team a little bit more flexibility. And I think if you know anything about Bob Lilly, having players that can do multiple positions and do them well is something that I think he really, really highly values. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is, mm-hmm. is this is a guy that obviously um, he, uh, yeah, obviously he um, has some adaptability. Bob likes that. We'll see what it turns into mm-hmm. as far as what happens this season. Yeah. I'm sure preseason will help us iron this out. Yep. Yeah, and I just want to say, when I was trying to find stats on this guy, I couldn't even find where stats were on some of these websites. <laughs> You need, like, English translations of these Russian soccer websites. You know, I'm really disappointed in the second division of Russian soccer. They don't have links to uh, translate it into English. I mean, what kind of what oh, kind of league no. do they think they are in Europe? Come on, if I, go, if I go to La Liga, I can get from Spanish to English. Why can't I do that in the Russian second division? I mean, I mean, that's because we, the USL, are the premier second division in the world. So, obviously, no one's website is going to come close to it. The USL champion. Well, I, I I think anyway, that uh, I think that Laura Ellen will take issue with that next year when uh, Brighton is in the championship, but we'll leave that for another day. Wow! Wow! All right! All right! Um, let's talk about um, we obviously we they talked about it in the interview, but um, you know Tony Walls is a is a Bob Lilly guy has played with him in Rochester, capt- actually captain that 2015 Rochester team. Um, another Bob Lilly guy, uh, coming out of Temple University, Lucas Fernandez is a forward who came out of Temple this year, but obviously has been around the Rochester area. I assume this is a guy that Bob has known for a long time and probably would have snapped up no matter what team he was with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, I mean, Lucas, yeah, Lucas, I think, um, a guy that looks like he's got some potential. Um, so uh, he has scored nine goals in the past uh, two years. Uh, he was first in his conference in uh, shot accuracy his junior year with uh, uh, 522 shot accuracy. Um, and he was not first, but he was super close to that with a 500 shot accuracy in his senior year. Um, uh, this came with winning all ACC honors both of those seasons um and in addition to those nine goals he also tacked on nine assists in those two seasons um he captained uh the temple owls uh in his senior year 2019 uh, while starting all 17 games so this is a guy that was definitely an integral part of that team um but we know a little bit more about him as well because he has not only played uh for his college team he's also had some time uh with the npsl with 
the what two-year-old Rochester Lancers uh, NPSL team. Um, so yeah, I mean, so that's kind of exciting because we've got something that's uh, a similar, I think, uh, type of level that we can look at um, another player that's out there and we get actually get some stats. Um, I will say with this though, um, uh, for some reason, last year's stats for the MPSL are just missing. Uh, the ones before that are there, um, but it looks like they haven't updated the most recent season, which was last year. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, so. F- Lucas looks like a guy that he's going to have some chances to score some goals. Um, in his 900 minutes uh, in 2018 uh, for the Lancers, he scored five times and had two assists. Uh, he was involved in a goal every uh, 130 minutes. So um, a guy that's young, hopefully we can see him increase that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like what I see so far from him. He looks like he's exciting. And like you said earlier, a guy that Bob Lilly snapped up right away he was our first signing of the offseason yeah for sure i mean i think that that yeah it shows kind of where he is and where he's how he's valued um yeah on this on this team i think um again i think you have to kind of put players in context right i think you're looking at a guy temple who temple is not a powerhouse soccer school this is not this is not a school that everyone goes to mm-hmm. for soccer. You know, Temple Temple is not that kind of school. Right. Um, so I think it's like you when you get a player like that at a school that isn't super, uh, you know, isn't like super top of the line, and they're able to go all conference. You know, in the years uh, just looking back on kind of last year's schedule, Temple was eight eight and two mm-hmm. over the course of the season. Um, so not a great, not a great school no. <laughs> overall. Um, and they don't, and they're not having like the biggest competition either. So, um, so I think that that just shows kind of what he was able mm-hmm. to do and, and kind of that he was able to still make an impression on the coaches and people who vote for those awards, um, you know, over the course of the yeah. season where his team wasn't right. that big of a standout. Mm-hmm. So I think anytime you know you can score nine goals over the course of two seasons, obviously this isn't this is a project player. This is a player like uh, you know Mark Forrest that you that you hope over the course of a couple of years can develop into a, a solid forward mm-hmm. for this league. Um, but you hope he gets some minutes this year yeah. too, yep. um, and and is able to to kind of develop in those areas. Yeah, yeah. And I think he will get a few more minutes this year. Um, so we got one other signing, and this is a USL uh, signing. So uh, we picked up Papa Mensa from uh, Nashville. Um, he's a 22-year-old, uh, originally from Ghana. Um, uh, but he's been in the USL for the past three seasons, uh, two with Nashville, and before that he was uh, at our in-state rivals in Harrisburg, uh, Penn FC. Um, so... I think this is a really exciting signing. Uh, a guy that, uh, when you watch what he's done on the field, he has a lot of capabilities that I think will fit really well with the type of uh, soccer that Bob Lilly likes to play. Yeah, I mean, I think Mensa, Mensa to me is a really interesting case. I think, um, obviously, he's a player who's played with Nashville. Um, you look at what Nashville has done in the striker, you know, kind of, capability in their time period that they've been, you know, they've been in the league. Um, you know, obviously this past year, Daniel Rios 
um, was around and um, obviously scoring mm -hmm. like crazy. You also had Cameron Lancaster there um, who was oft injured this past year, but obviously a striker of, of extreme quality. Um, and still you're looking at a guy who um, has been on the field 61 mm -hmm. times in the past two years, has put 11 goals in the back of the net, um, and you add seven more to that um, from the year before. I mean, this is a guy who knows how to score. Um, I think when you talk about strikers and you talk about somebody who's 22, um, you're talking about a guy who is nowhere close to hitting their prime right. yet. They're, they're probably still three to four years away from their prime. So I think this is a guy that kind of pulled out of the uh, kind of pulled out of the shadows and being made to be the guy, which kind of is what I assume his role will be. I would not be surprised if we see Mensa kind of sitting in front of Steven mm -hmm. like Nico did last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that same sort of lineup, that same sort of thing up top. Um, and if that's what we see, I think like turning him into the guy rather than the second guy or the third guy, um, I think could make a big difference in his career. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see what he brings. He can assist, he can score. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's put in 14 to 1500 minutes, you know, each season over the past mm -hmm. three. So I do think it'll just be interesting to see kind of what he brings to the yeah. table. And, and he's exciting for me because uh, I think one of the things we lacked a little bit last season was so many times we would have someone like uh, Kevin Kerr or Ryan James making a thundering run up the wing uh, and putting in an excellent cross to nobody. Uh, Rapapa gets in those spots right around the six-yard box. He puts himself in positions where when those balls come in, he's going to have a chance to score. Um, and even if he doesn't score with those, I think he's going to be throwing uh, things at the goalkeeper. They're going to have to make saves. You might get a rebound at somebody else, like uh, a late run from a Mertz comes in and, and, and scores the goal. So I, I think he's the type of player that if everything works out, he's going to be instrumental in contributing to the offense. Yeah, and I, I don't think, uh, I don't want to say this without like being right about it, but I don't think he's... I think he's taller than Nico. Oh, he's he's um, quite a bit taller. So I think, oh yeah. So yeah, so, so I think like there's a that his, that, there's a twelve and something minute uh, highlight video that uh, if you're in the Steel Army Discord you can find it there. It's on YouTube. I don't know where. Um, uh, but you see a spot where it's I think he's next to uh, Kenny. It's the one time you see him next to the Hounds and. Um, you see he towers over Kenny and Kenny and Nico are pretty close to the same height. Yeah. So I think uh, you're looking at a guy who like obviously can take away some of the um, kind of focus that Steven gets when he gets in the box. Um, and so I think that that is another kind of two legitimate targets who um, obviously you want, uh, you know, on set pieces and stuff you want, your tall defenders in there being targets too. But if the tall guys in your box on set pieces and things are also forwards who are used to scoring and putting balls on frame and everything else, um, I think that provides just kind of another option for you where last year pretty much the only tall forward we had was mm -hmm. Steven um, and everyone else was kind of short. So it, it's, it'll be nice to have kind of another tall attacking presence in the yeah. box. Um, Five inches. Along with Steven. Five inches is the difference. Good. So Good. So it'll be interesting to see kind of uh, what plays out 
you know, with mm-hmm. Mensa and all these other signings, I think it's going to be an interesting season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, and I think the best thing about this conversation is we know that it's not over. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so look forward. I think uh, we'll, we'll be back uh, talking about some new signings at some point in the future um, uh, and maybe even get a few other of the Mongols people involved in those conversations. So uh, that, that's kind of what we'd like to do at this point. Um, but, you know, Justin, it's great to be at this point, early February, preseason starting, um, signings coming in, being able to have something to talk about. Um, yeah, like this is... This is getting me really excited. Uh, really, really looking forward to to the season this year. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season. I think it's interesting, just kind of with all the departures. That I think it does take a little bit of the pressure off mm-hmm. Pittsburgh in some ways. That it's like, okay, this isn't the same team that we had last year. It's gonna take some time to like gel and everything. But you also want to see us come out of the gate a little faster than we did last year. So hopefully we'll be put some chemistry together before the season starts. But it is great to be talking hounds, talking USL soccer, talking, uh, you know, Steel yeah. Army and, and getting back into kind of the games and looking forward to that in about a month and a half. So we're about six weeks away yeah. from, from game one. That's crazy. Woo. Looking forward to it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go, though. Let's go hounds. All right, well. Let's go, Hounds. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. And are you tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique and completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com. We are part of the Beautiful Game Network. Go check us and many, many other podcasts out at bgn.fm. You can find us, Mongols, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a review. You can contact us online at Mongols on Facebook and Twitter and Mongols Pod on Instagram. Let us know what you think of our shows. We love hearing from you guys. Until next time, have a great day. See ya.